a listener asked about my views on Rand and Popper and suggested that I do not consider myself an objectivist uh, because of my Popperian ideas. So I will talk more about their views in detail in a different podcast, but for now I'm going to give a brief overview. I do consider myself an objectivist, and I'll talk about what I disagree with with Rand and Popper and why I think I qualify as an objectivist. So I have one more major disagreement with objectivism, uh, some more minor ones, and overall objectivism is the philosophy that best matches my views by far. With Popper, I think his epistemology is very important, and I disagree with him on a lot of other things. Popper is not a classical liberal. He thinks he is, but he advocated censoring TV. There are a variety of other things that are kind of appalling if you are an objectivist. His, his politics is not okay. It's not all bad. You know, the Open Society and his enemies had some good criticisms of Marx, Plato, and Hegel mixed in with some of the errors. You can learn some useful things from it that are hard to get elsewhere, but you're just picking out the good points. As a whole integrated work, it's really quite screwed up. There's major, major errors. He does not understand capitalism and economics and freedom and limited government and just classical liberalism. I think that Ayn Rand is a higher quality thinker than Popper. She's much more consistently good. Um, she, she doesn't make any huge mistakes, ever. And that's just amazing. That means she's really good at thinking and getting things right and knowing what she's talking about. Um, Popper is much more inconsistent. He had what I think is a really brilliant, important breakthrough in one area. And his quality is, in general, better than most people. Like, most people suck at thinking, and Popper is pretty good and can outdo most people. But he also just makes um, quite a few major errors. So I consider myself primarily an objectivist in how I view the world. Um, Ayn Rand is my favorite. So where do I disagree with Rand? The main issue is induction. But I think that this disagreement is really overblown. And my disagreement is much greater with some of Ayn Rand's followers than with Ayn Rand herself. Ayn Rand wrote very little about induction. And in the appendix of um, Introduction to Objectivist Epistemology, in the second version, in the added material, there's a dialogue where Rand says, basically, she doesn't know the answer to the problem of induction and it would take a scientist to talk more about it, and it's not her expertise. And that's like a significant part of her published work about induction. She barely mentions it. She seems to take for granted that induction works somehow, and she doesn't really go into detail. So I see in that no reason for her to be dissatisfied with Popper's solution to the problem of induction, which is, Induction doesn't work, but something else does. And it accomplishes the same purpose. I think the underlying purpose is what she cares about, and that Popper has an epistemology with the same goals 
and that actually solves the problem, whereas her epistemology had an unsolved problem in it. And so I think you need to drop in Popper's solutions, and then it's basically compatible with the rest of her epistemology because it has the same inputs, um, human reason, evidence, etc., and it has the same outputs, knowledge. And so if you have that process, then you get the rest of objectivist epistemology without any trouble because it doesn't depend on the specific details of induction. So Popperian epistemology um, has been accused of being skepticism, but it's not. It says, just like objectivism, that there is a third way that is neither skepticism nor authoritarianism, that's not arbitrary assertions of truth or giving up on truth, that doesn't either claim omniscience or say, well, we're not omniscient, so we don't know anything. You know, there's a third way, kind of in the middle, um, that's different than those and better. So Popper and Rand both came up with that kind of approach that we need a third way that respects reality, that deals with reality, that is connected to reality, that lets us learn about reality and understand reality. So Popper says we can do that. You know, our, our minds work. We're able to make progress. We're able to learn things. We're able to create knowledge. Popper says that knowledge is fallible. So does objectivism. Ayn Rand says in several places that we are fallible, we can make mistakes, there are no guarantees, there's no 100% way to make sure you're not mistaken, but omniscience is not the standard of knowledge. You don't have to be infallible to say you have knowledge. So that's the same as Popper. Popper thinks there is objective truth and that we can learn about it, but we can't reach the end of our quest and, uh, and reach omniscience. We, we never get there, but we can make unbounded progress towards knowing more and more. And that is very compatible with Rand's views that we shouldn't seek a static certainty, a frozen arrested state of knowledge where we have all the answers. We should be trying to learn and not um, comparing our knowledge to that sort of impossible ideal or not really an ideal. So without going into what Popper's solution to the problem of induction is, um, I think the fact that it is not induction, it's something else, does not make it horribly incompatible with objectivism. I think it's quite possible that Rand would have liked and accepted it if she had found out about it and understood it. So I don't think that that disqualifies me from being an objectivist. Um, a lot of other people seem to think so. I found, in general, that I'm much purer and follow Ayn Rand much more closely than they do in many, many other ways. As far as minor disagreements with Ayn Rand, um, I think she her books overestimate how much you can judge people by their appearance. Um, I don't think it's a total overestimate, like I don't think it's totally unreasonable, but I think it's somewhat of an overestimate. Um, like, I think that you can judge people by appearance, like, more than a lot of people think you can, but less than Ayn Rand presents it as in the novels. 
the appearances are not random, but they don't always match people that well. It also depends on the traits um, that you're looking at. Like if someone's obese, um, that often has to do with lifestyle choices and um, how good they are at solving problems and learning and being able to deal with their emotions and so on. Um, those are some of the things that go into how successful they are at um, coming up with a rational way of eating and then actually doing it. But if you look at um, people's eyes, I think they have much, much less control over their eyes and there's not much you can learn about someone by looking at their eyes. Um, I think a lot of that is just genetic. And there are scenes in Rand's books where people like look at someone's eyes and somehow like know a lot about them. And so I disagree with that, but I think that's minor. I don't think that's a big deal. Um, it's not like a major theme of objectivism. It's not like a, if you read like her nonfiction books, she's not talking about that. You know, she doesn't make a huge deal out of it. You can still like understand and agree with her epistemology and her politics and so on without having to follow along about the eyes. Um, she was also, she was very negative about a uh, female president. And I do not view gender roles in the same way she does. I don't like the idea of women being in the submissive follower role and not wanting to be president because they think a man should lead and, and deal with that stuff. Um, I'm more progressive, you could say, than that. I think that gender roles are a cultural issue and that women are equally intellectually capable as men, that the genetic differences do not affect intelligence and that, and that the important qualifications for a president are all intellectual, so gender shouldn't really matter. And I think that women should be, they shouldn't look for a secondary role in life. It's okay if some do, um, but like my ideal, I think the best way to be is to be like a strong independent person who is more of a leader than a follower. And I think that that is a path that is open to women and that they should uh, pursue it just as much as men. I also think sex is less important than Rand does. I agree with her that pleasure is good and people shouldn't look down on and hate sex. Um, but I just think it's not super important, like not a super big deal. People make a big deal out of it, but I think that's a cultural thing. And also partly um, due to uh, inadequate technology in the past for contraception and things like that, that kind of issue. Like if you can't control pregnancy, except via sexual behavior, then it makes sexual behavior a much bigger deal. That doesn't mean I'm in favor of casual sex. I think that sex is like less fun than people say it is. Like I see it kind of like partying and getting drunk and uh, dancing at nightclubs. Like I think those are all overrated and a lot less fun than people say they are. And I, I think the, the hooking up and the sex afterward is the same, like also overrated. And I think that uh, sex in marriage, when it's not casual sex, is also just overrated. It's not as 
fun and amazing as people make out. I think intellectual matters are better. So again, that's a disagreement with Ayn Rand, but I don't think it's a, a fundamental huge disagreement about like the most important stuff. Another point with, with some disagreement is anarchy. Um, there, there's a particular essay about it where she makes an argument, something like, all right, I went and found it. So she says, suppose Mr. Smith, a customer of government A, suspects that his next door neighbor, Mr. Jones, a customer of government B, has robbed him. A squad of police A proceeds to Mr. Jones' house and is met at the door by a squad of police B who declare that they do not accept the validity of Mr. Smith's complaint and do not recognize the authority of government A. What happens next? You take it from there. This is from The Virtue of Selfishness. Um, the chapter is number 14, The Nature of Government. So I think that's a bad argument. We already have multiple governments in the world. We have you know, the French government and the British government. And sometimes there are disputes and accusations of crimes where someone from one country is accusing someone from a different country of robbing them. And what happens next is not violence. The governments have treaties and policies and so on for how they settle these things nonviolently. They're not perfect, but they have, uh, you know, worked out agreements about how to do it. And they do that instead of shooting at each other. And it works okay. So I thought her argument against anarcho-capitalism there was unreasonable and um, well below the usual standard of her arguments. My position on anarchy is, like Rand, I would like to see voluntary government financing. I don't think that's figured out yet, so we need government in the meantime. I don't want to just get rid of the, the state but there's room for improvement. And I don't see a fundamental reason that forever um, states have to be organized by geographical monopolies. As technologies improve, people spend more of their life online, um, whatever. I, I think there will be more scope for not organizing it by geographical monopoly and saying that in this territory, no one else can offer their own police services or their own courts or their own competing government functions. I don't think it has to be that way. So I think technically that makes me an anarchist, but I strongly sympathize with objectivism's denouncement of uh, basically the state of anarchist argument today. If you go talk to the libertarians and the anarchists and the anarcho-capitalists, they're all awful. They're way too revolutionary. They don't understand um, how hard it is to like reshape and remake society. And they have these pie in the sky, not adequately thought out plans that would do a lot of harm. So both Rand and Mises don't like anarchists. And I agree with, they were right in their debates with the people they were debating. But I nevertheless, um, think that I'm technically an anarchist of a somewhat different nature than those other people. Anyway, I also think that is uh, inadequate to disqualify, disqualify me as an objectivist. And 
I think on the whole, you would have a hard time finding someone who is more true to Ayn Rand than I am uh, when you factor in all of the issues. And I think that the aspects of Popper that I like are compatible with objectivism, um, at least with the, the main ideas of objectivism. And, and so they can be used to improve objectivism rather than to um, reject objectivism. And it's the same way with every other philosopher that I like. Um, everything that I think is a good philosophy idea, I regard as something that can be used more in the line of improving objectivism than an alternative. <laughs>